0: The Unstuff America podcast is hosted by the most organized man in America, Andrew Mellon. Listen in for Andrew's take on America's clutter crisis. From guns to gold, he dives deep into America's self-destructive obsession with possession and how that impacts the American dream. Get real-life tools and strategies to take responsibility, set yourself free, and live your values every day. And
1: now, Andrew Mellon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Unstuff America. I'm so happy to have you all here and I am extra special happy to have our guest Nettie Owens with us today. Nettie is a friend, a colleague. She's a professional organizer, a certified professional organizer. She has a practice in Maryland and she is also very active in her local community, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have her on Unstuff America because she is living that process of raising her family, participating in her personal life, running a successful business and out in the community, active and engaging not only herself, but her neighbors, her community to push things forward in a progressive way to make sure that the kinds of things we want to see happening in America, the decluttering, the unstuffing, the the true draining of the swamp is actually happening so that people are Uh, we're living our values in a consistent way. And those are the real American values of generosity, kindness, compassion, uh, equal opportunity for everybody. They're not an us and them kind of uh, values that we're talking about. These are the inclusive American values that perfectly or imperfectly when the, when the founding fathers created America, this is what they were thinking of when they said all people are created equal. They meant all people. They might've said all men, but they meant all people. And so Nettie is really, she's walking her talk, and I'm so excited to share her her wisdom and uh, expertise and thoughtfulness with all of you today. And so without further ado, Nettie, welcome to the show.
0: I'm so glad to be here, Andrew. Thank you for having
1: me. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I, I just told everybody a little bit, but you know, what do you do for work? What's your home life like? like? I mean, you have kids. So tell us a little bit about home. Are your parents alive? And, and we'll, we'll just get a sense for the context because one of the takeaways here for me, for you all listeners, is you can be busy and still be effective and participate in your life, right? I mean, you don't get to live in the story that says, not enough time, too much to do, because that's a constant for all of us. We all have too much to do and not enough time. And and e- even for the folks who are struggling to keep their, you know, their head above water, there might be five or 10 minutes, and I don't want you to discount the impact that five or 10 minutes can have, right? You, you don't get to fall back into that, good grief, my life is maxed out, and I don't have a minute to breathe understand that there's somebody who's even worse off or struggling even harder than you are, and there's always the chance to put your hand out.
0: Absolutely, so thank you. A little bit about me. I am, as you said, a professional organizer. My specialty is chronic disorganization. So I work with kind of the unique and challenging situations that people might be coming up against. Um, And I'm a mom of three children. We homeschool. Um, I'm married and uh, my husband works full time and he's also in school um, pursuing his PhD. Wow. Uh, So to say I'm busy, (laughs) understatement, Um, you know, and, and having an organized life systems, things like that really are critical for, for getting all of that done. Um, You mentioned that I'm involved in my community. Um, It's definitely an ebb and flow. I was one of the founding members of a group Called the Habita Grace Green Team, which was our local environmental organization, and helped bring that group to become a nonprofit. Um, and now they are thriving. They have community gardens and outreach and education. Oh, that is It's fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. So
1: ring the bell for that.
0: (laughs) that Come to fruition, Um, you know. But I, but I've always been involved, whether it's in my professional association or in local community, doing things, helping people connect, Um, and and you're right that it can be done in the five or ten minutes. Um, But I almost find it easier to find ways to align with what you're already doing. So instead of reinventing the wheel and going to create some activity for yourself um, that takes you outside of your normal course of activity, of daily things that you're doing, you know, so, a perfect example would be if, if you are a mom, get involved with the recycling program at your child's school. Now you're in alignment with what you're already doing and you don't have to expend a lot more time than you already would be. Um, if you're a professional, then maybe you help facilitate um, a volunteer day at your work rather than you know coming up with something that's totally disconnected. So it doesn't have to be uh, separate. To be impactful, and um, and you can definitely find ways to to live your values and to contribute and to reach outside of yourself.
1: That is awesome. That's great. Great suggestions, Nettie. I mean, it is so true that if you have limited time, that there are things already happening and probably happening where you're spending time, that it would be so much easier to dovetail and lend your energy to than thinking, because that's part of that story, right? The 200 lies we tell ourselves every day, one of those is I have to go go create this because it doesn't exist. And the exact thing might not exist, but as you said, there's a recycling program or maybe there's a literacy program at your kid's school. It's really easy to plug yourself into something that's already in place instead of thinking Thinking that you have to start from scratch because likely you don't have to start from scratch somebody's already done that for you
0: absolutely definitely. Right.
1: so tell me um, what about your folks are your folks alive
0: they are um, they're thriving in their early 70s and they actually care for my 97 year old grandmother so oh they're. my
1: god <laughs>
0: you know, involved in their community as well. So that's, that's great.
1: Fun. And their health is okay. They're good. They're busy and they're active.
0: <laughs> uh, I think recently they contribute a lot of their health to yoga. My dad's pretty excited about that, which is fun to see. <laughs> oh, that's
1: awesome. Good. It just because it's another one of those variables that we've talked about here on the show before. And it's something to consider for those of us in that sandwich generation between mm-hmm. kids below us and parents who are aging above us. Then we you know, we want to be responsive, we've got our own lives, and we don't want to be selfish. And we also want to be attentive to our parents as they age and need more care. And it's always something that you have to factor in when we're doing the math about how the day is going to flow or how the week's going to flow. If you have older parents that need support, um, being able to show up for them in a way that is responsible and respectful for you and for them, right? I mean, nobody wants to be taken care of the people that are used to taking care of you don't want you taking care of them, even if you might need to help them. Right. I mean, so there's,
0: And it can be, you know, like I said before, finding ways to blend what you're already doing with what's going on, you know, now that your parents are getting older. So, um, you know, maybe they become the literacy uh, helper (laughs) at your child's school because you are, you know, you're already with them and maybe taking them to a doctor's appointment or something. It doesn't mean that they can't sit and read with a five-year-old. They could totally do that, you know. So. Finding ways to blend those opportunities and to to not see life as each set of destinations, but to really say, how can I make the journey worthwhile? How can I make these moments in between, when I'm driving, you know, to my uh, to my next activity? What could I be doing, you know, that would really make this time worthwhile?
1: Excellent, excellent. So tell me, what really inspires you? What are you passionate about?
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was thinking about this question because you were so kind to so kind of let me know what we might talk about. And there's a lot that I get passionate about. Um, certainly the environment is one of those things, but I realize um, it's 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 less about the environment and more about people caring about each other and the world around around them. So for me that's kind of the it gets to the heart of it. Um, to a point where they can find their particular role and purpose in this world and live it. You know, so um, I really was excited to be here on Unstuff America because I feel like this is in alignment with what you're talking about. You know, getting out from underneath of and behind um, the responsibilities and the the things that seem like they're happening to us and allowing Ourselves to shine in whatever wonderful gifts you know that we've been given here on this planet to to share with others.
1: Yeah, excellent. And so, what really upsets you? What pisses you off?
0: <laughs> mean people. <laughs> I can't stand mean people.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I, that just really gets my gets me going. You know, people who who don't listen or who don't uh, don't see the value in others. You know, I just and I I understand like. In intellectually, I understand that there's probably something that they're lacking, you know, that would cause them to, but still I just I'm like, oh, just stop it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It is hard on the surface. I mean, we have to go deep. It's really, it is part of that practice, that a mindfulness practice, a, a breathing, praying, meditating, whatever you want to call it, to right. be able to to be confronted with meanness that intellectually we can do the exercise to figure out like what's behind this there's something driving this nobody really few people are probably built to be mean
0: right some people i mean mental
1: illness mental illness might make a few people mean by nature right the chemicals just it's how they're aligned but most people when they're mean we've probably caught them at one of their worst moments and if they were given the opportunity to say oh god i am so sorry i was such a dick then i didn't mean to be (laughs) you Um, know i
0: actually think it comes from a different source I think it comes from fear that when uh-huh. we live our lives in fear of whatever, you know, fear of rejection, fear of not having enough, fear of, you know, maybe we had an upbringing where we were harmed and we're, we're fearful that that would ever happen again. So we build this protection or we buy this protection or whatever it is. And I feel like that's the that's the true heart center of what would cause a person to, to act, you know, not in the good of themselves and humanity, because truly, that's what's happening. Is you know, when you are un- unkind, you're you're hurting yourself. You're of course, hurting, uh, the, and it doesn't make any sense. So no. I, I feel like that's kind of what's going on there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely about being disconnected from that sense, of that collective unconsciousness, that, sen- that uh, unconscious, that sense of being that we are all connected. I mean, all living beings, we're all somehow, whatever the fabric is of life on this planet, we are somehow all related in some way. And it, it it's an it is an act of violence and pulling yourself away from that the the Uber tribe, if you will. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all got our little micro tribes of our homes and our neighborhoods and all of that, but there's the one big tribe of all of us. And it is it is really it I just what I was I guess where I was going with that before was just the idea that uh, on a bad day we might just snap at somebody. Where if we if we had paused and just took in a deep, taken a deep breath and just said, "Oh yeah, I this has nothing to do with you. I just was someplace else and I ran into you, literally or figuratively. And mm-hmm. I, this was not my best moment. I'm so sorry. You That's know,
0: good. no, it's true. It's true.
1: Yeah, cool. So. Um, you are a professional organizer and still I'm going to ask you on a scale from one to 10, where would you put yourself? Uh, one being the least organized and 10 being the most organized.
0: I'm thinking about an eight
1: because uh-huh.
0: I definitely can live in a certain level of mess you know, and <laughs> completely, you know, like uncomfortable. i yeah. I'm comfortable in my space um but I, I said i have three kids like even if i was the most organized person i'd have to be insane to have an organized meticulous house because they're always being, being people you know yeah. they're doing their thing and bringing things in and out and so those are
1: things I don't have control over. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And it's good that you have a, you have a sense of that because I know that certainly with some of my clients and possibly with some of your clients, you know, they, they spend a lot of time reading shelter magazines and they look at these spreads in El Decor or Metropolitan Home when it was a, a magazine or, you know, any of these shelter magazines and everything's tidy. And you think like, but you'll notice there's no, there might be a dog in the photograph or a cat, but there are no people in the photograph. And- Nobody is actually using those spaces when it's been shot. It's just an empty space, completely neutral. And I tell, you know, when I'm working with clients and they think, oh, you know, I want to get white furniture. And I'm thinking you have a seven-year-old and a (laughs) nine-year-old. The time for white furniture is when they go off to college. You're not going to, I mean, unless it's like white leather furniture that we can easily wash down there is no upholstery that you're going to, it's umbrella, it doesn't matter. There's nothing you're going to cover this fabric in that's not going to have jelly and jam and schmutz and things all over it. So let go of the need for perfection and raise your children. Have a, have an experience of being a parent. You, enjoy you can, them. Yeah, Don't you can,
0: always be yelling at them. Just right. Them. Yeah. yeah, you can
1: have a perfect home when they leave.
0: <laughs> and then bring your grandkids home. <laughs>
1: Right. Or maybe you'll go to your kid's house and babysit them there. You'll see, you'll see how you navigate that if it's really important to you. But uh, all right. So um, what about, what was the last thing, excluding food or other consumables that you purchased?
0: This was a tough one for me. I don't buy a lot. Excellent. Food. I'm going <laughs> to ring
1: the bell for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I actually had to go back. I bought a bookcase for my daughter's bedroom. Okay. Um, in order to organize things. And I bought a car that was before that, other than food and consumables. And so, yeah, that was kind of it.
1: That is great. It's again, I'm not anti stuff, I am uh, anti consumption that is not conscious. There is no need to be at the mall killing time particularly again this is one of those ironies when you live in the story that says there isn't enough time you don't have any to murder you have to stop talking about it like oh I had 15 minutes to kill there's any number of things you could do in 15 minutes you could and if you don't want to do anything right I mean if it's if it's 15 minutes of downtime so that you're not in a place of constant engagement you could just sit and be quiet on the side of the road, you could be in a park, you could be in your backyard. You don't have to be engaged all the time. You, you, we want you to be conscious and mindful all the time, aware, present. But you can do that any number of ways. It doesn't. You don't need to do it with a credit card in your pocket, walking through the mall, looking at all of the beautiful things that you could be buying. If you are living the organizational triangle, if you have gotten organized and you are staying organized, we're in the third leg, we're in something, in something out. Unless you're replacing something that has failed, you probably don't need to augment anything. And it just, I, I, I want to stress so much how much time you're gonna free up if you redirect any of that shopping consumption time to any number of other things that you wanna be doing. And again, whether that's baking cookies for the bake sale or it's in a cancer lab doing research, it doesn't, there's no value judgment about how you're spending the time, just freeing up the time to use it on the things that actually matter.
0: I think there's sometimes this thing that happens, right, when you're in the middle of the organizing. So you've you've let go of a lot of stuff and you've, you've begun getting organized. You've gotten to a place where you're really in kind of a maintenance mode, and you almost don't even know what to do next because you never thought about what it would feel like to be in this place. So instead of focusing on the organized space and the organized home, I encourage people to focus on the feeling that they will have when they get to that point so the feeling is you know calm and peace and then you know it's easy to say oh i'm i'm calm now i can read a book i'm calm i can sit and enjoy the flowers or make a call to a friend you know any of those things that would really fill your cup
1: yes excellent so tell us what if you could change one thing about the world today what would that be besides (laughs) mean people because we've already covered that
0: I know. I was just realizing that uh, you know I need to be able to stay out of jail, so that's probably <laughs> what I should do. Um, so I, there's something that has happened. Um, I, you know, it's just we've we've gotten away, and we've talked about this the whole time. Just from from caring for others, I, and I and I I would change that. I, I think other there are some there's, there's pockets of this around the world, you know, but, but I think we've gotten away from it in a large amount, just caring for others, without condition, you know, even if they don't look like us or talk like us, or even if they're mean, just like we talked about, you know, really caring about their well-being. I think that's one of the things that I would, I would embark on to, <laughs> to change. And it's, it's in the little moments, it's in the, the everyday kinds of things where you smile at someone who's frowning and give a nice reply when somebody's short with you and, and not expect any kind of, you know, good gesture in return.
1: Right. That's excellent. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, let's take that as something that we can all reflect on. Where can we help to push kindness and compassion out into the world? How can we live that as a value regardless of what's going on, right? Without the expectation that people are going to, we don't want to be passive aggressive about it. We want to be genuinely right. compassionate and kind, not that like, I'm going to be snarky kind because, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because you're not being kind so i'm going to make a point of pointing out your unkindness yeah, instead <laughs> right instead how do we how do we show up and live our values regardless of what's going on and how do we how do we advocate for that in a powerful clear and consistent way so that meanness and this this divisive conversation that seems so uh Popular or visible right now, particularly in the United States, but around the world, where uh, being selfish and separating us and trying to create a conversation around scarcity and and make that an alternative fact. How do we interrupt that? You know, we really have to be we have to be thoughtful about that.
0: I think it's in in actually bringing the stories into a more uh, closer closer to people's hearts, you know. So instead of, and I'm just going to bring something up, you know. Yeah, go. Want to talk about? It. But you know, instead of saying, you know, all these undocumented immigrants and uh, these people that are going to take our jobs away and harm us and things like that, you know, to bring it into the reality of okay, this is this is an exact family and these people are undocumented and they left their home because, because of the violence that was there. And they came here thinking that they would be loved and cared for and, and, you know, and just opening that, like kind of pulling back the curtain and, and showing the humanity of the people who are existing in this. So you could do this in any, I mean, I, I brought up immigration, but you could do it in, in anything. And in fact, um, there was somebody that was going on and on on my Facebook feed and, um, and they were using really unkind words, you know, really divisive words. And I, and I looked and I said, you know, um, are those the words that you would use for me, because I probably fall into that category. Would you say that to me, to my face? Oh, no, no. Oh. So here's the thing when you say those words, people take that to heart. They don't necessarily separate the fact and fiction, like, oh, I'm just kidding around and calling people these unkind things. So really, really calling people out and not again in a mean way, but being really kind about it and saying, look, that's a that's a person that you're talking about and using that word for. Would you would you say that to your mom? You know, just kind of <laughs> maybe make it a little lighthearted, but really, you know, being open and honest about the, the humanity that's behind it, the people. That are behind it um, when we start using those divisive words.
1: Excellent, that's a great thought. Thank you. So, uh, tell me what when you hear when you heard about unstuff America when you think about unstuffing America. I mean, personally, professionally, what does that what comes up for you around that?
0: Um, So, again, I kind of chewed on this one a little bit, and I realized that I I love that it's unstuff America because in America we really value our independence. Like, I mean we cling tightly to this. No one's going to tell us in America what to do and how to do it. And almost to, uh, to our own demise, right? We're just clinging to this. This is how it is. Um, that if we simply ungrasp a little bit, I'm not saying we become less free or less independent. I just think we shift and turn our focus a little bit from, from, um, feeling like our independence requires us to look and feel and act a certain way and shift our perspective to say, you know, we're most independent and free when we are together, when we are stronger that way, when we're, you know, caring for others, and if we can turn our attention that way. Um, And if letting go of having to care so much about what's happening in your in your home, you know, your things and your schedule and things like that to be able to shift that perspective. Um, I think that's an amazing, uh, a gift that you could give yourself and the whole country.
1: Excellent. That is great. Thank you.
0: I'll be running for office and no <laughs> I, I,
1: I, You have my vote. <laughs> so, uh, the last question I'll ask you before, before we wrap up is just if, um, if somebody's looking for a way to get involved, where would you point them? Where would you where would you send them? The around giving back, give us a, give us a little feedback on on where you would where people can go
0: to get involved. Yeah, awesome. Um, I know my community is not one hundred percent unique in this, but there are. There are so many nonprofit organizations. You could find a nonprofit that represents exactly the kinds of things you want to see improved in the world and simply start by, you know, either offering to volunteer in some way or offering to donate what you can, whether it's goods or monetarily, you know, it's a great way to get started. A great way to do, to help is simply to share the activities and events that they're Part, you know, putting on most nonprofit organizations don't have a, lar- a large budget for marketing. So the more that you can share what's going on with the organizations that really align with your values, they thrive, and um, and you are giving back in a major way. So you know, whether it's schools um, or. There's there's big ones that you already know about Habitat for Humanity and Goodwill and Salvation Army, but then there's littler ones, you know, just like I said, the the nonprofit environmental group that um, that I founded. Um, there's there's small groups. If you go to um, if you go online, you can look for a list of nonprofit groups. Um, you know, I'm I'm not entirely sure where you, I think the IRS has everything, and you could probably sort it by zip code if you really wanted to get. Uh, particular, but I'm guessing if you just Googled nonprofits in your particular area, you'd get a pretty good list of where to start.
1: Excellent. So I'm thinking what I'm hearing is if we just do a Google search and say environmental advocacy with my zip code, nonprofit is probably enough of a search string for people to be able to get some hits and be able to to look it up or uh, food bank, my zip code, nonprofit, or, you know.
0: Yep, any of that, and see what you find, you know, it can be, um, maybe your thing is, uh, like you said, literacy, or um, it could be helping horses, I mean, whatever it is, just, just, look for it, ask questions and, and don't be deterred when you hear, uh, I don't know, because you just didn't happen to find the right person that had the right answer. Just keep asking questions because there are people out there and they really do need and want the support that you can give.
1: Oh, that's excellent. So I'm also what, so what I'm also hearing is along with the Google search is we can also use it, use social media to help do mm-hmm. some of the marketing for them just by sharing it in your small or large network of friends family uh communities you can help to spread the word about these organizations that are doing good work locally or nationally and all of that would be very welcome they you don't need to you don't even need to necessarily go there i mean i'm not encouraging people not to go but you (laughs) even if all again in those five or ten minutes right you could You could go on their uh, Facebook page or you could uh, follow their Twitter feed and you could retweet something or there's plenty of ways for you to help spread the word and be active so that one of the takeaways is really to be thoughtful again, considerate about all of the different ways you can make an impact in as little as 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, instead of instead of experiencing that as a, well, I don't have enough time today, maybe tomorrow. And today you've lost the opportunity. You've given, you've actually given away the opportunity to dig a little deeper and rearrange your time and identify that five minute window as a pearl that you can then share as opposed to thinking it's not enough of something. So I'm just going to, I'm going to let it dissipate.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Excellent. Any last things you'd like to share with uh, our unstuffed community?
0: I feel like we've covered a lot today. We
1: have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, you know, I think that kindness is key and and to really look at the heart that, you know, that people have, um, that it's not about, like you said, that one bad moment, but understanding goodness. I've had bad moments too. and, And in those moments, in that angry moment where you just aren't nice to anybody, wouldn't you have loved it if somebody came and put their hand on your shoulder and said, Hey, I can see you're not doing as well as you might today. I'm here.
1: Yeah. That is awesome. Well, thank you, Nettie, uh, for spending this time with us. Where can folks find you online?
0: You can find me um, on my website, saparisolutions.com. And I also have sapariconsulting.com. So either one. Um,
1: spell sapari for us just so we can get that. Yes,
0: definitely. S A P P A R I. And, uh, and I'm all over social media. So you can find me on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Um, I haven't gotten, I haven't figured that Snapchat stuff uh, <laughs> Instagram. i just, I'm sorry. I'll get around to it. Maybe when my kids are old enough to do it for me.
1: There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, Thanks again, Nettie, for joining us. It's been a wonderful time having you here. It's another great episode of Unstuff America. Remember, you can find us online at uh, AndrewMellon.com. You just have to go to the Unstuff America page, and you can also follow us on Twitter and at uh, iTunes, where you can rate and review the episode. Thanks, Nettie, for joining us. We'll catch you again next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Unstuff America. If you like the podcast, the best compliment you can give us is to share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes.